Warning, the following episode contains spoilers and foul language. Use your discretion advised. On today's episode, we watch 2003's Paycheck and 2007's Murder So brush up on your stick fighting skills, because everybody dies. And enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Movies from A to B podcast, otherwise known as the MFAB podcast. I am Aaron. And I'm Gavin. And we are here to discuss two movies, as always. Like we um, do every week. Every week. <laughs> well, every episode. Every episode, at least. Yeah. It might not Which be on a week. weekly basis. We don't know. We hope. Yeah. But. So, Listen. first on the schedule today is 2003's Paycheck, directed by John Woo, Ric Flair's favorite wrestler. Director. Director. There we go. Yeah. Um, Bad joke. Ben Affleck, <laughs> Aaron Eckhart, and Uma Thurman. Yeah, well, Gavin doesn't know what he's doing over there. Well, I didn't know. I thought you wanted to, you know, you had a plan. Well, we should have a plan. But. Well, okay, when you, you announce your plan in the beginning, and then we don't do your plan, and you point to me instead like I'm supposed to have a plan. <laughs> That's not how plans work. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. Um, we're just going to jump right into it like we always do. Um, this is a story based on a short story by Philip K. Dick. Yeah, one of the great science fiction writers of the 20th century. It's an amazing science fiction writer. Science fiction. Yeah. So this is centered around Ben Affleck's main character, Michael Jennings. Uh, we kind of learned from the credits montage that he's a reverse engineer. He basically steals... Electronic products. He doesn't really steal. Oh, no, he doesn't yeah, steal. He bought it straight he up. He bought it. <laughs> he buys them and then, like, reverse engineers them. it. Reverse engineers it and makes it better. And sells it to another company. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in doing so, every time he does this, he gets his memory wiped. So he has no recollection of doing this, but he gets a buttload of money for doing this. Tons of money, and he loses out on, like, tons of time in his life. Yeah. Which is. At first, it only looks like a couple weeks. Yeah, I guess but the most they can do it is up to two months. Two months, something yeah, like eight that. weeks or whatever. The way that they do it. Yeah. Which is like going in and zapping. His yeah, and like melting his brain. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Which cannot be healthy. Can't so, be. yeah, from the opening scene, we see that he, he, he worked on a project for this company. Yeah, fixed it, made it better. Their stock rose. He got money for it. And he just kind of goes to his apartment, which... He was just paid like what five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, ridiculous amount. Kind of like a shitty apartment for somebody who just made that money, considering that he does this full time. But yeah, I mean, it, how it was, much? It was kind of dumpy and plain. <laughs> dumpy and plain. Yeah. I didn't even didn't even pay much attention to his actual apartment. It there. just seemed like okay, this guy is you know obviously well off. You'd expect him to have a nicer place. Yeah, well, this could have been one of his biggest jobs too. So, I mean, true. but yeah, there's a much previous. Uh, no, knowledge of him. That's huh? he has the memories race. He doesn't yeah. know. Last thing he remembers is racing in Monte Carlo or whatever. So, yeah. Well, maybe that's where all his money goes. He goes on vacation. Yeah, spends extravagant amount of money. He doesn't want to go places. Yeah. But he goes back to his apartment, gets an invitation from one of his buddies to his wedding. Um, goes to this wedding. He meets this character, Rachel, who's played by Uma Thurman. Um, yeah, he seems really transfixed by her. Yeah. Hits on her and gets shut down. Like, immediately. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Then he's like, well, I'm going to go talk to Jimmy. Yeah. And Jimmy is played by Aaron Eckhart. Um, he pitches him a deal. You're going to get paid eight figures 
but we need three years of your time to work on this product. Yeah, right off the bat, you can kind of tell this dude's an asshole. Yeah. Well, he seems like way too nice. Aaron Eckhart ever played not an asshole? He's Two-Face. Yeah, he, he's he'll always be Two-Face. That's he, probably he what I'll call him throughout the podcast is Two-Face. He always plays an asshole in his movies. Yeah. Um, he basically, he's like, well, three years, we can't do this. Like, they only go back memory wipes for like two. You know, two originally years. I thought they said it was only two years, but then later on it becomes three years. Yeah, I thought it was. Back. Maybe it was. Because originally it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure he says, we're going to put you back two years or whatever, but then you'll be never have to work again. Yeah. You know, but, one big job, one big heist, or one big, you know, you know paycheck. That's yeah. when they use a titular line, by the way. <laughs> yeah. The, ah, there it is. There's the yeah. title. Yeah. But he obviously has nothing really going on else in his life. So he's like, yeah, fucking why not? Three years, you know, this is a lot of money. So next scene, he goes into Allcom, the place where Jimmy owns. Um, this is like... Two-Face, Two-Face. Gov- okay, <laughs> Two-Face, whatever. This is like a government-esque security-level place. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. Yeah, like, there. he gives up all his personal items. It's pretty much almost stripped naked. He gets to keep his clothes. Yeah. But they even make him take off his sunglasses, which he seems pretty pissed about. Yeah, which they didn't look all that special either. No, but it's like, sunglasses, come on, what am I going to do with them? Yeah. You don't know, but... Um... Yeah, and then he goes into Jimmy's Two Faces office. And they're like, "This is how we're gonna wipe your memory. We're gonna inject you with this thing that's gonna like plant itself in your brain." Yeah, chemical castration essentially. Yeah, and he's just like, "I've never seen this before." Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Why the fuck not? <laughs> and there's money, right? Like yeah, money. gets injected with this. They go to take him to meet the guy he's gonna be working with, Decker. Um, oh, he runs in uh, Uma before that again, yeah, they working run, in yeah, the bio lab department. Yeah, she's a biologist for Jimmy. So they're like, oh, small world. Never Where, thought we'd meet again. Yeah, she kind of fucks with him right off the bat, you know, because she recognizes him, obviously, and starts, you know, making all the wind blow and lightning go oh, and all yeah. that shit. Yeah, she's got apparently in there. She and then, everything. Yeah, and uses a robot hand to drop a flower into his hand. <laughs> Which, you know, they clearly have been flirting at the wedding, and now it's it's just a matter of time before they're fucking. Yeah. Matter of time. But we'll get to that later. Um, but, yeah, he meets Decker, this guy he's going to be working with on this project, and then he wakes up three years later. Yeah, three years later. Three not two years. Crazy. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, where the fuck am I? And they basically tell him, it's done, dude. Go yeah. live your life. And he goes and he goes to check the stock he has in this company. And it's valued at $92 million. Ninety-two. He's like, holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so he's all ready and excited then. He's got all this money. He wants to go get some of yeah, it. Yeah, go get a bunch of money, put the rest in fucking stocks and shit, and move along. And so, here's where the twist comes. Yeah. So he gets to the bank, and he's talking with uh, whatever the lady's name was. I don't you know. Yeah, whatever her name was. But okay. and. She says uh, he gave a, all of his stock options away, so he literally has nothing from yeah, this. Yeah, forfeited all his shares. Yeah. All he has is what he sent to himself, which was a... Uh, Mysterious envelope. Yeah, an envelope with all of his uh, goods that he left before he went into the treatment. Yeah. Um, which he opens and is like, nah, none of these like, are mine. This is my stuff. There's like 1920 obscure items there's only 19 in there but they tell him it's 20 yeah because he figures that out a little bit but 
he's like, whoa, whoa, these are none of mine. I just, one's like one of them, one of them like hairspray or something. Yeah, like, just hairspray. This is not mine. And they're like, no, you mailed this stuff to yourself. And he's like, what the fuck's going on here? And he kind of goes crazy and like just leaves and goes back to his place. Um, and this is when he kind of notices somebody's in his pl- in his yeah. house. Yeah, he notices a door open, so he shuts it, and then another door opens. Yeah, and he's, like, attacked by, like, five guys out of nowhere, and they tase him, and it's basically the FBI. Yeah, their Federal Bureau of Investigation. Um, and they kind of, like, haul him back to their little building, and they're, uh, like, okay, here's the lowdown. The guy that you worked with, Decker, he uh, used to work with the government. He had this project that he got canned. The project got canned. The government didn't like it. And he didn't like that the government didn't like it. So he sold it to Jimmy and was like, You're gonna I'm gonna work on it with, with you. You just need to get me somebody and that's where Michael came in. Something like that. Okay, what you just said was really crazy. <laughs> Decker's project was canned by the government. Yeah. So, so he, he like, sold it to Jimmy. He sold it to Jimmy. But they have no proof that he sold it to Jimmy. Right. So mm-hmm. so and this is where, like, we need to know what you did. And Mike's like, I don't fucking know. Because he legitimately does not know. Yeah. yeah. He read his memory wipe. This is, like, huge downfall. So they try and go back in and, like, go into his memory to yeah. see if he's telling the truth. Which I thought this was funny how, like, apparently wiping minds and extracting memories is just commonplace in the future. Oh, yeah. And this wasn't even that yeah, far in the future. I didn't even see. Was there a date? Did they even... It, it, it's not. I don't know if it's. Yeah, there is a date on like you should flashes briefly on a paycheck, and it's set until 2007. Oh, so, so this was 2003. It was yeah, when this was made. So they had a lot of expectations for yeah. four years into the future. We're gonna be able to do so much so, shit. But they say that. But this was based on a 1953 short story. So, yeah. Okay. Um, when they're going in his brain and looking at all his memories, they're like, "Oh, we can't go over 43 degrees Celsius, otherwise his brain turns to mush." Yeah. And it always conveniently stops at 42.9. 42.9 or 42.7. Yeah, it just fluctuates, and you're just like... Dun, 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 it's very oh, anticlimactic. It's it's not it never go. does. <laughs> it never does. And then this is where something stupid happens, where these 19 items come and start to come into play. Yeah. And you start to realize that, okay, all these items are going to serve a purpose. Michael doesn't realize it at this point, but you kind of start to, because one of the agents... Takes a cigarette. One yeah. of the items is a pack of cigarettes. I got he's something like, to say about this, too. Yeah, he's like, I don't think they'll mind. <laughs> and the guy lights up. Who, if you work in a government building, I'm pretty sure you know not to light up a smoke yeah. inside. How does this guy not realize that there's smoke detectors yeah. in there? How long has he been working? Is this like his first fucking day? <laughs> he must be. Him and and he's like, blows Hall. the smoke and he looks up and he's like, oh shit, there's a smoke detector. <laughs> And, like, this is a government building. These aren't just going to be like, oh, let's shoot some water. No, it's like smoke bombs and whatever whatever the fuck it is. And somehow Mike had, like, these special goggles. And right? sunglasses that were in his personal effects or whatever. Yeah. His 19 items. And, then 19, but, and this is another thing. Who, in the midst of, like, being steamed and fucking smoked out or whatever the fuck, decides, I'm going to put on my fucking sunglasses at this point. <laughs> Because I want to look cool while I'm about to get beaten to death by fucking FBI. Well, he's not going to get beaten to death because yeah, he's got sunglasses. His magical fucking yeah. all sunglasses. You can see them. 
and he gets out of there, but not before grabbing all his items, too. So he's like, I need to figure out what these are for. Just, you know, conveniently, his package has a bus ticket. Yeah. So he hops on a bus, and he starts to, he gets, doesn't he go to a hotel room? And he needs, like, I, got, I need to figure out what's going on. Yes, when that's when he lays all the he shit out. He lays all the items out, and it's like, there's, like, hairspray, paperclip, uh, magnifying glass, matches, a fortune cookie, a wrench, a key, a writer, a BMW key, a puzzle, a bullet, and a watch. All right, if you can keep track of that. But they're just up here, right? Like, well, the ring, too, did you yeah, say? Oh, there's a ring. Yeah. But he might have used that on the bus, right? Yeah. Use it on the bus. Well, he didn't use it, but he, yeah. He it, it, had, it served its purpose. And, he, and then he's kind of, he goes to meet his buddy, Shorty, right? Is that his name? Yeah, Shorty. All Jima. All Yeah. That's... Um, who was really sad because this is like, you see him briefly in the beginning, and then yeah. he's not in the rest of the movie until the very end. Yeah. Just disappointing because I love Paul Giamatti. He's such a good actor. <laughs> he was um, really young in this too. Yeah, he was. He looked really young, anyways. Well, yeah. Um, so he meets him at the train station. Um, this is where the Giamatti's like, you know, voice of God. Like, all right, you need to figure out why you sold all that money. Well, he. Yeah. Well, I, the way I have it written down, he realizes what he made kind of before he meets up with Paul Giamatti. Well, I thought but, it was you figured it out as he's sitting there because he notices a lot of numbers flash on the screen on the TV in the background, and he met, that matches up with the fortune cookie. So he's like, I sent myself these because I saw the future. He's like, oh, I didn't know how to this if I didn't have that piece. And that's when he realizes there's people watching him. And he's like, I need to go see what I built and whatever. Well, he kind of figures out what it is, though. Yeah, he figures out at this point he built a device that sees into the future. Yeah. The time viewing machine. Time viewing machine. Oh. And at which point I was kind of wondering, uh, this is you know based on a Philip K. Dick story, so is this set in the same universe as Minority Report? That's a good point. Because they were around the same time too. Yeah, Minority Report was a little earlier. But, but it seems like this technology would have come right yeah. before the. Yeah, I never thought of that. Hmm. Maybe that's why Tom Cruise wasn't in this one because he's busy. Solving crimes that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, these guys just, the guys that are following them in the train station start shooting at them. And, like, just, oh, just, God. Like nobody notices. Like, oh, oh my God, God that glass just broke. That's weird. <laughs> okay, let's continue eating lunch. Well, they're really nonchalant about it. They make a point yeah, of showing that. That's true. Everyone has a newspaper with a gun in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then a chase ensues. Um, and it's when we say bye to Paul Giamatti for the time being. Yeah, for pretty much the rest of the movie. Hide in that room closet. We'll see you later. Um, At which point, Ben Affleck turns into essentially a super spy. Yeah. I mean, I understand being a reverse engineering (laughs) person is like a glamorous job, maybe. But I don't know how you understand how to, like, disarm, like, five dudes coming at you at a time (laughs) because of this. It's not a skill set you should have. Yeah. He's for somebody who sits in a room and fucks with computers, screams fucking nerd. Yeah. How does he know how to beat all these guys up or whatever? Yeah. So there's a huge chase scene between him and they go into like the subway station where he uses two more of the items, his hairspray and lighter. Um, not to melt the dude. He melts the dude <laughs> and the two guys shoot each other, which prior to, and not until the end, very end of the movie, that's the only two people that get hit by gunfire. Is it? Really? Yeah. yeah. If you need to go back and watch this, like, I might have to go back. 
the, the rest of the movie from this point on, there's shitloads of gunfire. Nobody gets hit. <laughs> so many bullets. So many bullets. <laughs> Nobody gets hit. Not even bystanders. Wow. But these guys just literally shoot each other. Well, that's partially because, you know, Ben Affleck is a fucking super spy who can disarm anybody. Um, and then did we catch up with one of the main guys that's after him, Wolf? Yeah, Wolf, the baldy um, dude. He's chasing him down the the uh, the, the subway train. Corridor to a subway, yeah. And he's got a gun pointed at Wolf, and Wolf starts to back, but he's like, Haha, you're going to get hit by this train. And he... Releases the clip from the gun. Oh, yeah. And perfectly <laughs> kicks it. Yeah. The electric rail. You know, his spy instincts kick in. Because <laughs> he's, like, he's a spy. Without breaking, without breaking eye contact at Wolf, he just, like, knows how long it's going to take this clip before it hits his foot and just... And Knocks kick it over it. to the third rail. <laughs> um, Which, of course, lights every bullet off somehow. Yeah, somehow. That's how bullets work. And he, he slows down the train a little, so he has time to run forward. And, you know, apparently we realize how easy it is to break... A master lock. Oh, yeah. Two yeah. hits with the butt of a gun. Yeah, it, they Boom. are fucking, you Easy. know, paper mache yeah. in the real world. <laughs> and he, like, takes the paper clip, uses that to rewire the thing and stop the train. Yeah, luckily he knows how to short out train tracks. Yep. So that's nice. With all the memory wipes, he's got, he's somehow there's some valuable skill stuff still in there. So he heads back to the apartment, um, finds out on the matchbox... That was in there. He has a restaurant reservation. Yeah, because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this is where you run back into Rachel. Um, um, Jimmy tells her that, oh, no. Two-faced. <laughs> Mike left all calm this morning, and she's all sad, and she yeah. goes into her bathroom, and they're watching her in security camera, and they kind of see that there's a secret message in her apartment. Yeah, she gets all weepy and then goes out to work. Yeah. And then they're like, she saw something, we have to get... Two-Face is way too fucking smart in this movie. Yeah, but this led to another point. As they're all trying to figure out what she was looking at, she gets out of this government-esque security building. Oh, yeah. Super easy. Super easy. It's like, here, hold on to my bag. I'm going to run upstairs, and then apparently somebody else had her bag up there, and you're like, oh, don't you need this? And she's like, okay, cool, and just opens a hatch on the door and just yeah, walks out. Just out. No security checks, no. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Um, so at this point, on, on her way to the restaurant to meet Michael. Two-Face figures it out. Two-Face and Baldy Wolf are uh, fucking figure out where the where message is. They make a decoy. Who looks nothing, nothing. like her? <laughs> nothing like her. Like... They make, like, a computer-generated character that's like, oh, we need to match her. And it's like, ah, perfect. And it literally looks nothing like her. But the eyes are the but same the color. eyes. Because, you know, that's all Michael's going to remember. Yeah. Sure. So, we, are, any <laughs> blue-eyed females out there want to go on a date with Ben Affleck? <laughs> um, and she kind of, like, convinces him. Because Michael doesn't remember her. Yeah. So he does think this is her. Um, and he's like, he gives her... One of the, the all pack badge. Oh no, he yeah he gives her the all com badge, and then he asks one her nineteen items. One the, and he asks her what's uh what's my favorite baseball team? He's like who cares? Yeah. And this is when the real Rachel shows up and kicks her ass. Yeah, just bashes her fucking skull with a bag. Yeah, and then a huge chase. Huge fucking chase on uh oh, 
they use the key and they're looking for a car at a BMW dealership, and it turns out to be a BMW bike. He's just wildly running around clicking this, like, which car is it? She's like, you're looking for the wrong type of thing. And they grab a bike. And this, in our last episode, we talked about the Italian job, right? Having a bike chase. Yeah. This is the bike chase I wish was in the Italian job. This was a far superior motorcycle chase. It was. It definitely was. Uh, I, BMW motorcycle with that, too. Yeah, I'm not, they made I, didn't know I knew they made them, but I didn't know if they were any good. Well, apparently they are. <laughs> well, especially, look, look, this is another point. He doesn't remember how to ride a bike. He, he looked yeah. at and says, am I good on these? And he's just okay. <laughs> like, okay, so he drives into traffic and fucking starts jumping shit. And yeah. It's like, okay, I guess I'm pretty good. So, like, how does he even know how to start it and stuff? Um, but during this chase, Rachel drops the envelope. Yeah. So she's got to go back and get that, of course. She's got to go back. And he'll and, come back and get her. Right. That's what he says and At takes off point, on his own. She's running to grab it. And as she goes to bend down to get it, she gets shot at. And she's like, oh, shit, I can't bend another foot to grab it. I better keep running. <laughs> My hand's right here, but no. I'll come back later. Yeah. Um, oh, and right after he drops her off, too, he decides to play chicken with a car on a bike. Who the fuck plays chicken with a car on a bike? When you're super spy Ben Affleck, you do. Well, yes, okay. <laughs> He's Batman, remember? Yeah, <laughs> But... He basically, like, drives the bike through a pipe that the car, I don't know, thinks that it's wide enough to go through. Yeah. And, I mean, it makes a nice explosion, but it was kind of a bad explosion because the car blows up from the back. If you if you pay attention yeah, close. I wasn't paying that much attention. I just like that there was an explosion. Like the explosion happens from the back of the car, not the front. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was kind of... I feel like a good car chase, and, you know, as long as it has explosions, I'm pretty, pretty yeah. much satisfied. Okay. I um, tend to be anyways. Yeah, so they basically escape, and then they go back to... Well, the police catch up, in which the oh, police yeah. show up, and all of Wolf and his guys decide, oh, we should get the fuck out of here. Oh, guys, the cops are here. We're the government. We better leave. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it that uh, the cops are like, you know, pull over. We can help you. Stop. And all the time they're saying this, they are literally trying to run him and fucking Uma down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are not... They're, you know, shooting. They're fucking crashing behind them. There is no... No way in hell they are trying to get him out of this alive. No. So Mike and Rachel go back to the apartment, right? I'm thinking. I believe so. Or they go, or they go somewhere where they're, you know, they're safe for the moment. Yeah, they go back and, to the motel. Or... Or yeah, they go to a motel. That's right. And it's at this point that I, I start to realize, why does Uma Thurman always seem wet and or sweaty in this movie? <laughs> That's a good question. Because she, at this point, she's coming out of the shower again. Yeah. She showered twice already today, and any other time we saw her, she just, like, looks sweaty or she's wet or something. She's greasy, maybe. Just, I don't know, maybe. Just, even at the party in the beginning, yeah. she looked wet. <laughs> like, the John Woo likes his women wet, apparently. <laughs> oh, my um, God, I almost forgot that. And this is where they're like, okay, we need to go back to Allcom and see this machine. Yeah. And... At this point, Jimmy's, you know, keeping an eye out for him. He sees that they're coming. Um, yeah, but they do take out a good amount of goons. Yeah, they time. do. But they it, go through the bio lab, and that robot hand comes back into play that Uma knows how to use oh, and fucking yeah. starts tearing dudes up. And this is where fucking Affleck gets to use his sweet stick-fighting skills. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> not really like Which, Amazon oh. Echo-type speaker-looking 
stick things at like a flash and you wax them with a kendo stick and whatever. What I think is funny is earlier in the year, Ben Affleck did Daredevil. Oh, yeah. So he still had those fresh in his head, I'm guessing. Hey, guys, I totally remember how to do this from Daredevil. I, I'm just saying, I know how to stick fight. <laughs> so he just pummels these, what, like four or five guys with this stick. All while Uma Thurman's just like kind of like not cheering him on, but she's just like watching from the background. And, and at the conveniently time, just pops in to help him. Like, oh, he's going to get shot. I better hit this dude with something. It's like, don't help during any other part of the fights, just when it's convenient. So, um, and this is where he gets over to his machine that he built, this gigantic machine that sees into the future. Yeah. And I built this. Yeah, he stopped. He's like, whoa, I built this. And they lock the door behind him, and he rigs it with a quarter to make sure nobody can break in behind him. Um, and this is where I see a huge hole in the story. <laughs> one of many. <laughs> yeah, one of many. But he had his memory wiped. He has no recollection of building this machine except for latent memory flashes. But somehow he just steps right up and knows how to work this thing. Knows where to stand, knows where to put his hands. He's fucking... He knows the buttons to press. Yeah. And it's not just one or two buttons. He's fucking hitting, like, multiple buttons. Yeah, it's, like, it's like he's, you know, like flying a spaceship. Clicking combinations left and right, like... I don't, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. And when he tries to work it, he realizes, oh, we I put a bug in this thing. That's why it's not working. So he's like, oh, I better go find it. And this is where he uses the crossword puzzle yep. to figure out where this bug is that the engineer that was working there throughout the last few days trying to find this bug could not figure couldn't out. Find, he finds it in two minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did have the help of the crossword yeah. puzzle. And, uh, Twelve down. Because that was the one circled. Yeah, so they climb back upstairs, and then the machine works now. Yeah. And what does he see? Yeah. He looks into the future. It's super cinematic, like, apparently, like, what he gets to see. Like, I thought when you look into the future, you see, what, like, what you would experience. No, no, you see uh, cuts and... You see like, <laughs> news articles, and you see shit happening in fucking Belgium somewhere or whatever. And it basically, with this new machine... Shit just goes nuts and the world goes crazy and ends. Well, there's a huge war. The machine, yeah. Yeah, like the machine sees that, oh, there's going to be a war in 40 years, so we're going to blow these fuckers up yeah. now. And yeah, all hell breaks loose, and basically the machine predicts the end of the world. Yeah. So that's why he's like, that's basically why he gave up his money. Yeah, and decided they had yeah. to destroy the machine. So. They go back down, and he's got one bullet, the conveniently one bullet. Yeah. He, like, straps to a piston and the cooling mechanism of this machine. He's like, oh, there's six of these. It's just on number one. So we got until number six to get out, because when that goes off, we don't want to be. Yeah, it's going to blow up everything. <laughs> yeah. And he keeps seeing this vision of him on the catwalk in this biodome thing. Yeah, getting shot. And there's a, as they're trying to escape they're up on the catwalk and they're like, oh, this is this is what I've been seeing. Oh God, I just want to point out that I was. This is a John Woo movie. Yeah. Yes, the yeah, doves. <laughs> Fucking doves. They open the door and through all his visions, where he sees this door open, it's just been a bright light. But at Did this you? point, he opens the door and there's a fucking yeah. dove. And you're like, oh, this is a John Woo movie. I forgot I about. Almost that. forgot. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, this. 
is when Jimmy's confronting him. It's when uh, they they've gotten Rachel like held hostage, and mm-hmm. what is his watch goes off. Yeah, and it says go go go. It says go go go, and it's basically like, oh, we should duck. Yeah. So they like, duck, gunfire. Two Face gets a bullet. Two Face chest. Um, and then they're like, we gotta go because number six is gonna go off. System. So the piston like releases into well, there. They show back to Wolf, who's standing in the machine because he knows how to work it too. Oh yeah, apparently everybody knows how to yeah, work this. This is like the easiest fucking machine to learn. <laughs> Took three years to build, but anybody can so, use it. So he's watching his future, which is him blowing up yeah, the machine. Is an explosion? When is this going to happen? Right now? Shit. So the machine just gets blown to smithereens. Um, which was really kind of disappointing because I really wanted to see a showdown between Ben Affleck and fucking Wolf. Yeah. That dude was a dick, too. He deserved, yeah. like, a, at least so, a fight. Like, from the the train sequence earlier where he kicks the clip, like there should have been a, a better fight. He was the number two. He should at least Uma Thurman should have taken him out or something. Yeah, felt like there's something missing there. Also, of which one of the other agents that was following, I know you noticed who it was. Who Dexter? Fucking Dexter. Yeah, <laughs> Michael, Michael C. Hall in this movie. Um, yeah. So then there's a. Let's see. The machine explodes. Jimmy gets shot. They escape. Yeah, all the bad guys are dead, all the good guys are alive. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, okay. So we open back on them, and we see Paul Giamatti's back, and they're, like, running a garden somewhere, right? Or like yeah, a, like a nursery shop. or yeah. a greenhouse or some shit. And uh, there's these parrots that Uma was just enamored with at the at Allcom that they kept. One was a parakeet, and I'm pretty sure the other one was the dove. Yeah, they, they did not look similar at all. One was white, one was green. Yeah, um. They're family. They're her family. Family, of course. And this is where he's like, wait a minute, this seems familiar. And he goes back to read his fortune that was in the items, and it said something about if you look somewhere, you'll miss the treasures below. Yeah. So he's like, oh, that's a caged bird, of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't that? This all makes sense when it really is like doesn't at all. Yeah, no. This is the most obscure thing that could, you know, make sense with the fortune cookie, and. He pulls out the tray, the shit tray. Yeah. Like, oh, there must be something under no all. No shit on that. Bird, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like these birds don't poop apparently. They haven't pooped since he left. <laughs> essentially. And he lifts up their shitty newspaper with no shit on it and finds the lottery ticket. Of course. Of course. For nine million. Ninety million dollars. Yeah. So, which is kind of shitty because his stock was estimated at ninety-two million. Yeah. So he had a net two million dollar loss. He has to pay taxes on all that. He's pretty much fucked. Yeah. He's like. Pff. I'm only going to make 70-some million? This is dumb. So, but yeah, and that's where the movie ends. Everyone lives happily ever after. Credits. So, um, yeah. Do you want to go first or shame on me? Yeah, go ahead. Well, let's see. I got a bunch of pros and cons on this. I mean, it was action-packed. It was a fun plot. And there's a good cast, some decent acting. I mean, a few things I didn't like is the soundtrack, Vague, pretty much non-existent, except yeah. for there was one fight scene where it got kind of techno riffy, which I liked, mm-hmm. but it was very short, and I wrote it down, but it really didn't pull a lot for me. And then uh, it was really reminiscent of Minority Report, just the world. So, I mean, that yeah. could be a good thing or a bad thing, I guess. All in all, I um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Okay. It's a fun ride. It's something I enjoy watching. I'm not sure if I'd watch it again, but 
Yeah, it's good for a one-time see. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be too far off from disagreeing with you there, but um, it it did seem like now that you said that, it did seem a little bit like Minority Report. Um, even though this was based on a Philip K. Dick short story, I still think it was kind of an original idea. Oh yeah. There was never a movie sort of like this somewhere before. I mean, there's definitely a lot of similarities. I'm just saying. Yeah. Very um, reminiscent. Said very good action sequences. Yeah. It was awesome. Like I said, I w- this was the bike chase I wish was in the Italian job. Um, I just, it really got me. When I originally saw this movie, I was a teenager, and I, I obviously wasn't smart enough to notice that, that my whole plot hole with him knowing how to work the machine. Now I look back on that, like, that's a huge part. Like, you could have you took an extra 15 seconds to where he, like, you know, looks around and kind of uses his smarts to see, like, okay, maybe I should do this, this, and this, or gives it a couple test runs. Yeah, or screws up once or twice. Yeah, but I know it's just, boom, I'm going to go right into this because I built this, I know how to use it, even though I don't remember building it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? It's, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a good, it's a thrill ride. It is. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. Pace. It keeps moving. There's not a lot of downtime in it. Um, so, yeah. But, but, yeah, so IMDb is right in the middle of us. They give it a 6.3. Yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't checked this out, it's definitely worth the watch. Um, it's definitely worth the check. Yeah, it is a great cast. A uh, little trivia about this, as we mentioned. Dexter, Michael C. Hall was in yeah. this. This was his feature film debut. Really? This is yeah. his first show? This is his first movie he was ever in. Also, there's like a running joke or gag or just, you know, thing in the movie about Ben Affleck's being, character being a Red Sox fan. Yeah. Um. Well, it was originally he was supposed to be a New York Mets fan. But seeing as in every movie Ben Affleck's ever in, he has to make it known that he's a Boston Red Sox fan. Gotta fucking shoehorn it in. Yeah. He convinced John Woo to change it to a Red Sox fan. So in case you haven't known, Ben Affleck is a Red Sox fan. Yeah. If if you've never seen any of his movies, that's the only way you wouldn't know this. But, yeah. So, yeah, all in all, this is a good movie to check out sometime. Any other final thoughts on it? No, no not really. <laughs> you want to cut the break? Yeah. Right, we're we're uh, going to take a short break, and we will be right back with the second half. If you're enjoying the show, stick around for more intellectual quips like... Uh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I had to do a bad enough show. You fucking scared the dog. Good. What are you looking at? Poop. All right, we're talking about stuff and things, and stuff and things are happening. And welcome back to the MFAD podcast. Uh, this is Gavin. I'm Aaron. Gavin, are you ready to party? Why, well, yes, Aaron. I am ready to party. <laughs> because the second half is a party. What kind of party would it be, Aaron? It's a murder party. <laughs> and we that... watched 2007's Murder Party. Murder Party. One of my faves, but this is directed by. Let's see here. Was there a directed director? by Jeremy Saulnier, Saulnier, starring Chris Sharp, Kate Porterfield, Tess Porterfield, and yeah. a couple other people. I have None no idea who they're going to remember yeah. or yeah. ever hear again. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, let's kick off the second half. Um. I love the opening. I'm just going to point that out. 
straight up because the of Halloween yeah. aspect of it. Just the almost desolated streets. You see, this. yeah, scenes of kids running. You know, you see the pumpkins. You see, it's very seventies, eighties horror. Yeah. Okay. You get the horror. idea that it's obviously Halloween. Yeah. Hmm. And we open on you know just a couple scenes of Halloween, and then goes to our uh, main character's house. Chris. Chris. Yeah. I don't know. What you, yeah, that's all you can call him. Yeah, no, you can call him. He's Chris. <laughs> he's just Chris. He looks like other stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. I can't think of anything. So he's going to be Chris. <laughs> so he lives at home with his cats alone. Sir Lancelot, his yeah. cat. Yeah. You see him uh, getting movies in the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's Halloween. Hard. It's Halloween, yeah. So he's going to spend a night in watching VHS tapes, you know, because that's what lonely people do. Until he finds a mysterious invitation just to a what? To, to some sort of soiree. Yeah, some gala event. <laughs> a murder party, to murder. be exact. <laughs> Invitation says, murder party, come alone, has an address. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, but just, you know, that is an ominous... Ominous? Come on, get it out. <laughs> at all. I mean, but if yeah. I saw that, I would definitely not go not go of course not but you get the feeling that chris is kind of a loser he doesn't yeah. have many friends you know he's like hey well, he maybe i should go do something yeah he literally talks to his cat and his cat just tells him to fuck off yeah. basically he goes to sit down and he's like uh sir lancelot could you please move and the cat just stares, just stares at him <laughs> like okay he's got kind of like a childlike innocence this guy yeah. I mean, he takes a smashed pumpkin off his porch and makes pumpkin bread with raisins with raisins of course and then, you know, he takes a bunch of cardboard boxes and duct tape and makes, like, the like, the best fucking costume. The best <laughs> or the worst, depending on how you feel about it. Yeah, it's what a knight's, the best. It's a knight's <laughs> uniform, basically. Yeah. and uh, That's improvising at its best, if you ask me. But this whole time, he, he's got, like, five bags of candy corn and puts them in a dish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, who the fuck buys candy corn? Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what's your feeling on candy corn? That was one of my notes here, is who the fuck buys candy corn? Yeah, like, are you a fan of candy corn? No. No? No. I'm hit or miss with it. Really? Yeah. How? I don't know. It's sugar. So, I mean, obviously, there's there's an aspect to it. It's like, this is good, but why am I eating it? Because it's, what is it? Uh, there's a comedian who did a bit once saying how they only ever made one batch of candy corn. <laughs> yeah. and people just throw it out, throw it out. <laughs> and, yeah. and re-fucking sell it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that, that's his trick-or-treat candy. That just shows you how big a piece of shit this guy is. Well, originally he was just going to eat it alone in his house oh, while movies. He only leaves it outside because, you know. He leaves and says, help yourself, which, yeah. Um, but it... I kind of got the feeling that he is creative in a sense. You oh, know, he, yeah. he made a knight's costume out of cardboard boxes right. and pumped right out of yeah. dime. So it's like he's he's got a you know he's very has good ingenuity. Yeah. 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 So we see his uh, voyage to the murder party. Which is incredibly off. long. Not really. I didn't think it was that long. They're, they show him on the subway getting rapped at. Yeah. <laughs> he's just <laughs> freaked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guy's just freestyling at him very <laughs> angrily. Well, when I got it, I was like, okay, he took the subway. He's going to get off, go a couple blocks, and be there. But he just kept fucking walking. Way off the beaten path. Yeah, he's like, oh, should I, is this? Okay, it's that way. And you're like, oh, he's going to be at there. At one point, he's running. Yeah. And it's like the streets are completely desolate. There's nobody around. Like, at what point? Did this guy even contemplate thinking, I should probably go back home? Yeah. Well, he is taking pills, too. Yeah. Which, 
There's a few theories I want to discuss about that. Okay, yeah, because I was in the dark on what his pills were for. Yeah. So, but uh, later on we'll talk about that. He eventually finds the party, which is just some old warehouse. Creepy warehouse. Creepy warehouse. He goes in, and there's five people there. Somebody dressed as a werewolf, a cheerleader. Um, I thought it was a magician at first, but it turned out to oh, be a 19th, 19th century, century vampire. Some chick all in white. And who is Daryl Hannah replica from, from Blade, Blade Runner? Okay, and then uh, one of dressed like a baseball fury from the classic movie The Warriors. Warriors. And they're just like kind of like, oh hey, they're all kind of surprised. That Somebody showed up. <laughs> and what do they instantly do? Well, they try to axe him in the head. Yeah. They, <laughs> well, then they tie him up, right? What's that? They tie him up. Well, after they, uh, oh, he's coming at him with the axe from behind, and oh yeah, gets tangled in the light and pulls the string, and, and he, he sees of... a shadow, so he's okay. like, "Fucking get him!" So they yeah. all dogpile him and drag him his ass in there and tie him up. Mm-hmm. At which point we kind of find out what their deal is. Yeah, they're all artists. Yeah, they're all artists, and they're all after grant money. But they're not like, oh, I'm gonna draw a picture, or I'm gonna paint still life artists. They're like, well. They are like that, though. But, like, literally, the baseball fury dude is a painter. Yeah, he's painting. I mean, he never the 19th seen... century vampire, he's a photographer. Okay. Uh, filmmaker. Lexi is a filmmaker. Lexi is a filmmaker, yeah. I never found out what Sky was. Well, yeah, it's because Sky, the cheerleader, falls. <laughs> Who's eat- well, she's eating, you know. Oh, she's eating the raisin bread, right? Yeah. She's eating a bunch of raisin bran and or raisin bread, raisin bread, <laughs> pumpkin raisin bread, and she, you know, asks what's in it. Is it gluten free? Pretty much. Is it <laughs> this? Is it that? <laughs> Making the gluten free jokes. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I am a gluten free person. So, but yeah, you yeah. can't have Oreos. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, if there's anybody out there who stands with me, you know, I feel your pain. Gavin's an asshole, but who loves but... Oreos? <laughs> Oh, that's story for another day. But whatever. <laughs> anyway. So, is she like allergic to raisins or something? Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't the raisins because they weren't organic. So oh, they, they weren't. They organic. had preservatives, yeah. so she, she gets would, just gets a little woozy. She gets woozy and falls and, and then, you know pipe sticks into her head a little. <laughs> She's dead. I love it, that. Uh, at this, it smells like fresh cut grass. <laughs> yeah, and they peel her back. She's like a huge gash in her head, and she's just dead. And it's at this point, I'm like, okay. Because I felt the movie was a little slow. There wasn't a lot of dialogue. And I'm like, I'm warning people. It's literally within the first 10 minutes. Within the first 10 minutes, yeah. One person dies. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good movie. You know, murders are going to start right away. Yeah. That's the first murder you let's, see. Let's just continue. Yeah. We'll get there. But yeah. So they, uh, they're like, shit, we can't have. Alex, the guy who's going to come and give him grant money, see her that she's dead. So they just stuff her in a cooler. Yeah, they just throw in a cooler. No remorse. Yeah, they're yeah. friends, right? Yeah. If some one of your friends just tragically fell and died. Yeah, they're talking $300,000 grant money here. Still, can you put a price on friendship? Apparently, and, according to these guys, you can. And Wolfman did freak out. Yeah. He, he was pissed, and he runs up, and he has this Sky, the cheerleader that just died, had brought a big jug of acid. That they were yeah. going to pour on. Well, she, that's what she wanted to do is pour a bunch of acid on and kill him that way. Yeah. So he runs and grabs the acid, pours it all over him, and just freaks out and then immediately regrets it. And he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Just backs off. <laughs> the funny part about it is, what kind of acid was it? Oh, I can't even think it of was, the name of it. It's, uh, I don't know what it is, but it's known by a more common name, vinegar. It is vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> so it literally did nothing but just smell a little bad. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this entire time, they they do use a neat roving camera shot. It's not like a, a camera that cuts across from the room. The camera kind of like just moves with the actors. Yeah. And it's just like almost one big continuous shot, which I, I really well, like. The cinematography really cool. is yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. So they... Well, they roll her up, and oh, he's like, like a burrito? No, like a blintz. <laughs> <laughs> they throw her in the freezer, and shortly after, Alexander. Yeah, this is when Alex shows up. Yeah. Um, Which, and this is when I first noticed it, and he, you do notice it more, but uh, the guy dressed as the baseball fury. Um, what was his name? Bill. Bill, yeah. He's just sitting in the corner playing a PSP. Yeah, just playing a game. Yeah, not any, a PSP. I noticed that right away. I'm like... <laughs> You know, not the PS Vita, the PSP. Yeah, this is 2007. Ultimate hand in handheld gaming. So I still have one of those. Yeah, I probably do somewhere too. But yeah, um, so yeah, Alex arrives, and is this when he just like rips on Paul? Oh, he's immediately a dick. Yeah. Yeah, like immediately. Like I did not like this guy. He well, just... he he came in dressed like you know a generic ass vampire. He's like, yeah. I'm a vampire. Yeah. He's like, What are you, Paul? And he's like, I'm a 19th century vampire. He's like, Yeah. Those are really nice fangs. <laughs> like, yeah, they're actually resin. Yeah, they cost a little Take them out. <laughs> and then he has, he had, he had brought his friend along. Alex brought his yeah, friend. His who's friend, uh, Zyko. He's like this Russian drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah. It's his drug dealer. Probably next to the, next to Bill, my favorite character in this movie. Just because Russians was bad. That's, <laughs> that's your <laughs> top two. Russian. That's yeah. Your top two. Yeah. Well, yeah, so Zyko pulls out a gun and, you know, aims it right at. Paul, and it's like, okay, so he takes his fangs out. Yeah. He's like, I'll take your vampire shirt off. Now take your vampire pants off. He's <laughs> wearing a t-shirt and a fucking thong, right? Yeah, he yeah. was wearing a weird-ass thong. It's fucking weird. Could have gone without seeing that. Yeah, but, uh... Um, and they all describe how, or different ways they want to kill him to Alex because they're trying to impress him, you know, like staple a pancake to his face and throw him in front of a bus. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> just it's weird crazy. avant-garde art shit. And he's just like, mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> And at the other, we're well, discussing this. Right? They're discussing food at some point too. Oh yeah, they, when they decide to discuss food, but yeah, that he's Alex is going through this big speech where you know he wants the cause of death to be art, and he wants to be hyper art and all this shit. Yeah. And he, you can tell this guy's pretty much a douchebag. Yeah, I, like I said, I did not like him. Just the look of him, I was like, okay, yeah. this guy's a douche. I hate this guy. I hope this guy dies. Um. Yeah, they're discussing what they want for food, right? Yeah, but, oh, no, before that, though, because Alex decides how they're going to do it. They're going to kill him at the witching hour oh, yeah. by stabbing him, Okay. which is, if if you ask me, the most uncreative way of killing someone. <laughs> We're going to wait till midnight and stab a dude. I mean, there are so like, many other... Nobody's done that before, you sure? Yeah, it's, it's maybe once or twice. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. Then they discuss food. Okay. And Chris escapes. Yeah, they turn around. And this was a funny, like, chase because he winds up in a utility closet. And he's like, oh, I love this part. he's like, oh, shit, I'm trapped. He's and looking around, looking left, looking right, seeing all the stuff. Doesn't he grab a fire extinguisher? Yeah, there's a fire extinguher here. There's tubes over here. While he's pipes. looking around, the rest of the people actually you know, are outside the utility closet waiting for him to come out. <laughs> And he kind of opens the door and, like, throws the fire extinguisher and does a quick juke move. And, like, <laughs> and runs to the and side. And runs to the side. And they're just like, huh? The fuck? What the fuck just happened? It was the greatest setup ever. Yeah. You're like, you think, oh, he's going to MacGyver some shit. He's going to come out with, like, you know, a 
fucking spring-loaded fucking fire extinguisher propelled grenade or something. He kicks open the door. Bubblegum is fuel. Yeah. Yeah. And he just throws a pile of shit and fucking goes. (laughs) (laughs) And they eventually recapture him. Yeah, they chain chain the shit out of him. Um, At this point, we realize just how much drugs Psycho has because they all start doing them. They all kind of go about their business waiting for the witching hour to show up. You see Lexi getting banged by Alex in the yeah. back. Yeah. Oh, which, which you find that this is where we kind of find out that werewolf dude loves Lexi. Yeah, loves Lexi. Because uh, Alex comes out and he, what was the line he said? It was, Lexi's pussy screamed at me. <laughs> and then he just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... uh. So they start to play extreme truth or dare yeah. with this truth serum that Psycho brought. Um, Barbiturates. yeah. And this is a really dreary scene. Like, it, I've literally gotten drugged down by this. <laughs> like, watching it, I'm just like, God, I feel so fucking depressed now. It's like, there, there's no music during it. No. It's just them talking in monotone voices about, you know, just... Telling secrets. Telling secrets. It was super dreary, super... A nice bit about bad puns beforehand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Chris. They're Chris just, actually gets into it. They all just go around making bad puns and then... Based on their costumes, pretty much. Yeah. Chris, like, he's like... When it threw his ball gag, he gets their attention. And he's like, oh, oh, I have one. It's like, looks like I'm having a terrible night. And they're just like, what? And he's like, e- you know, night with the K. Because okay. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Love it. But, uh... So many bad buns. Yeah. And then they move to the cocaine dance party. That's what I have written down here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, like, all started doing... Like, if they went from being incredibly dreary to just doing lines and just yeah. going wild. Well, at this point, Paul was like, yeah, we said we weren't going to do alcohol or weed. And that's when Werewolf Dude, you know, knows Lexi's getting fucked, so he's drinking heavy. <laughs> yeah. He's pouring some kind of moonshine yeah, down his throat. He's, did it seem like... He took a drink and then, like, poured it all on him and then took another drink. Yeah, and poured it all on him. Do you have a magical flask that of fucking was, yes, moonshine? A magical moonshine <laughs> flask jar. But, yeah, and then during this cocaine dance party, isn't that when Alex fucks Paul? Yeah, he, yeah. he gets a look at Paul and decides he's going to bang him up. Yeah. Because one of the secrets Paul had revealed was that he thinks he's bi. Yeah. So, so he's getting railed in the back. exact type of shot yeah. Alex was fucking... Uh, Lexi, he's fucking Paul. Through the window, it's yeah. just great. <laughs> um, so the witching hour is nearing, and Alex starts to recite the Raven. Oh God, wait, <laughs> wait, uh, baseball fury guy. He uh, is painting, and they're all super jealous of his oh, work. Yeah, because okay. he's the only one who actually is doing like quality shit here. Okay. Apparently, you never get to see his painting though. No, you don't. Kind of yeah, I was kind of hoping to see that too. He kind of left wondering what it was because but, he just talked shit about yeah. it. Well, so it Alex sends him out to check on the dog, which cuts to this little scene where he's just berating the dog for some reason because <laughs> he he thinks everybody you know. Wants him out of the collect. Well, they actually told him that they want him out of the collective because he's too good and yeah. you know. So but just this guy throughout the whole through up until this point or in a little bit in the near future, he's just kind of just sits there and just like yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, everybody else is talking. He's just like I don't care. Yeah. When they're he's discussing still, he's food, he's, he's like, like I'll eat anything. I'll eat anything. Yeah. Um, they ask him again. I'll eat anything. Yeah. 
And then Paul has an assistant come in, right? Well, way before that. Uh, but, yeah, Alex sends a dealer to go get crack, sends Zyko out. And at that point, Wolfman goes to smoke. Oh, yeah, that's right. He Wolfman. happens to be covered in moonshine, a yeah. very flammable substance. <laughs> so when he goes to light it up, he uh, lights up, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Burning quite a bit. How, he's just screaming in pain. That's when uh, the assistant walks in. Okay, yeah, that's when she comes in. And I don't... Did, did they ever say she was in? She knew it was going down? No. She just walks in and starts setting up photography. Yeah, she thought she like was, nothing ever happened. She thought she was working on art installation. Yeah. So... I'm sorry, you don't notice the guy chained up with a gag in his mouth, and he's just like, oh, help me, help me. And she's like, <laughs> cool. It'll be fine. I've done shit like this before. So, but at this point, Alex is talking down to Paul again, and Paul's finally had it. Yeah. He kind of snaps. He's like, you know, you're bullshit. You know, do you even have the money? I mean, are we going to get a grant? Or starts really challenging Alex. Don't they, didn't they secretly give him the truth serum at this point? Well, this is when it happens. This is okay. when uh, Paul comes up with the truth serum and freaking... Jams it in him. Yeah. As you know, I think this is when Lexi is trying to put out Wolfman, who's on fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they end up dragging him back in the house yeah. or the warehouse. But yeah, they they kind of inject Alex with the barbiturate because he didn't inject it earlier. He just right. faked, he like, faked he like he did. So he wanted to know everybody's secrets. Yeah. But now everybody's gonna know his. Yeah, which are great because yeah. his name isn't Alex. It's Tim. Tim, yeah. <laughs> My name's not Alexander. It's and he's a fry cook. Yeah. Lives <laughs> at his grandma's house in New Jersey. Just a poor sack of shit. Just a real piece yeah. of fucking um, human garbage. Yeah. And right at this point, this is when shit just goes sideways. And everything kind of gets this is up. This is what I was waiting for. Like, yeah. This, like, I mean, I, like, I literally felt the movie was very slow and drab until this point. Because I'm like, it's called Murder Party. Yeah. Where's all the murder in Ben? It doesn't all have to be murder. But I, I really felt like, like the, from the opening... Okay, the, we just did a movie called Paycheck, and there was only one mention of a paycheck. <laughs> but the the cover of the movie had a guy with two chainsaws, and there was blood everywhere. I'm like, this is going to be a graphic movie. But I felt it was slow. But at this point, things do get going. Um, this is when Zyko comes back with the crank, bag yeah. of crank he was sent out to get. Who he just like leaves it on next to Alex yeah. or Tim. And Alex is all drugged up at this point. He just says, Zyko, shoot Paul in the face. <laughs> in which point he does not hesitate at all. No. <laughs> Pulls out the gun, fucking. This is another great part because shoots him right in the fucking back of the head. As he's taking the picture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then Paul just blood gushing out of the side <laughs> of his head, turns around and is like, really? Really, bro? Really? <laughs> Can and I then... get one decent <laughs> And then the dog eats the speed. Yeah, dog grabs crank. a crank and yeah. goes off with that. Which I I thought there could have been like a, a more funny sequence with that, but cause how often do you see a dog eating cocaine or crank or whatever it was? But Alex tells Zyko to kill them all. At which point, you know, there's tuffles and fights yeah, left. This is where fights break out. The werewolf grabs his electric chainsaw. Yeah. Oh, and werewolf peels off his mask. Yeah. <laughs> Which has been melted to his face, so it's <laughs> incredibly gruesome. Yeah, <laughs> just um, god awful looking. It was awesome, and he saw Zyko's leg off. Zyko's leg off. Yeah, so Zyko's fighting with Lexi. Yeah, 
He's like, get off of her. Uh-huh. Um, so Oops. Psycho's done. Yeah. And Lexi gets up and, uh, wait, Alex gets up at that point and yeah. starts to walk off and the dog, just high on crank, follows him oh. out. We never see what happens. Yeah, I wish they would have shown that. I wish they would have shown what happened because Alex comes back just like dragging himself across the yeah, floor. With yeah. his face chewed off. Yeah, so obviously the dog did off. something or he's something happened. Well, that dog's on crank. I'm sure he did a lot of things oh. that night. Um, but then, uh, yeah, Lexi's about to get up when uh, she receives a good old-fashioned axe to the back <laughs> of the head. Yeah, so Lexi's gone. That's is... pretty much when the baseball fury guy goes nuts. Yeah. He's, this is when the guy who's just been quiet the whole time's like, fuck it, everybody dies, yeah. which is the tagline of this movie. Yeah. And he just beats Alex to death with the baseball bat. Yeah. Well, just, the cake. He beats it. <laughs> he beats the cake, yeah, but then he, he does something to Alex, too, doesn't he? I think Alex is already dead at that point. Maybe. But yeah. and I know, oh, Lexi was unlocking Chris, unlocking his chains. Right. The main character. Okay, yeah. So then, setting him free when she gets the axe on the head. That's right. Yeah. So now Chris is able to make a run for Yeah, it. so he can finally get out. <laughs> Which, another amazing fun chase. Yeah. There's a conveyor belt. Oh, I love the conveyor belt. Roof and Chris rides it up because there's a button at the bottom and the top. He rides it up to the top, and then the baseball fury, Bill, starts riding it starts up. Starts riding it up, and Chris is like, meh. Chris is it down. <laughs> so it's going back. And he takes off, um, which is... There's a rooftop chase between the Baseball Fury and Chris. Chris is running. The Baseball Fury's walking. Yeah. They never seem, the distance oh, never seems to. But I, I love how Chris got past the conveyor belt and he got to a nice quiet spot and stops. he just stops to take he a piss. Because <laughs> he hasn't pissed in, you know, how many hours. But he's just draining the vein when the Baseball Fury guy comes around the corner. In the middle of being chased by a crazy maniac. But he really got to piss. <laughs> oh, he got to go. And then, uh,. The Fury catches up to him, obviously, because he stopped to piss. Yeah. And at this point, so does Werewolf Guy. He's chasing him now with his electric chainsaw. Keep yeah. in mind, he's got a chainsaw, and he's carrying an extension cord yes. with it. It's a very convenient chainsaw. Oh, there was a scene earlier where uh, he was coming down the hallway when yeah. Chris first escaped and grinding on the side of the wall, and then the chainsaw unplugs and it just dies. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so throughout this chase, they wind up at another party. And this is a party everybody was referencing. referencing Cicero's party. Cicero's party. Yeah, they were going to go to This is like a more traditional type party. People are drinking, laughing, having but fun. But there's still lots of art installations. And basically when Bill gets there, they, Chris runs into this room where there's just people body painting each other and stuff. Right? Yeah, the bus people they call it. Bus people, Installation, yeah. whatever. And art stuff. Bill, Baseball Fury, just slaughters everybody. Comes in and just starts axing people. Yeah. At one point, the guy's like, hey, great costume. And he's like, right in the face. Yeah. Pretty brutally kills, like, five or six people. Yeah. And the whole time, Chris is in the corner like, why are you doing this? He's just getting splattered with blood. Like, his whole costume is now covered in blood. Um, And that's when Wolfman catches up. And he he sees an outlet. outlet, So he plugs in his fucking electric chainsaw and... As he's fucking with the cords, that's where he falls off the fucking roof. He falls off the roof and just happens to conveniently, fall conveniently, and leave the chainsaw hanging outside an open window where Chris can grab it. Yep. And Chris grabs it, fights off Baseball Fury, catches him in the face with it, and yeah, just saws the shit out of it. It's like a good like thirty seconds of you just staring at him with a saw, <laughs> just <laughs> screaming. It's. Ah! <laughs> 
Um, <coughs> yeah, after all that's done, it's literally like this was like a white room, right? Yeah. And now it's just completely covered in yeah. blood. And he throws a or jack o' lantern head over the baseball fury and just kind of walks yeah, just out. Just kind of walks out. Goes up security guard, types 911 on a phone, and says it's for you. Sleeves, <laughs> And then everybody goes into the room, and they're like, oh, this is amazing. This is some great attention to detail. <laughs> they think it's art, but everybody's dead. Um, action. It's very, very progressive. Yeah. <laughs> and then Chris returns home. And this is fucking crazy, because he's just covered in blood. Probably had the most weirdest night ever in his life. And he just grabs his bowl of candy corn, which isn't fully gone either. Oh, when he there are a few homages you probably missed, but uh, but it's he's leaving the party, slams the gate just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, okay. which is well, pretty significant. I mean, in the beginning of the movie, when that whole beginning opening was similar to the original Halloween, that's what I thought. And when he's on his way home, the subway skyline is very reminiscent of like the Warriors. Warriors I mean, yeah. there's a lot. If you go through it and look, you'll see a lot of uh, little nuances that they put together for... And I'm not a huge horror fan. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> Gavin is a huge horror fan, so he's the one who obviously caught these. I didn't, and this might affect my rating of the movie, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, he's on his way home, and his watch goes off, so that means he's got to take his pill again, which he decides to just fucking just toss. Which, my theory on this is, they've got to be like either antidepressants or anxiety pills. Yeah, or something. Because... He never had any, like, actual physical ailment. Like, yeah. At first I thought, oh, maybe he's got a heart condition or something. Maybe this was him venturing out and, you know, after <laughs> fucking yeah. the night he had. Could be. I mean, there's nothing more anxious than dealing with something like that. But he just, he gets home and he just, like, nothing happened. Yeah. Watches Scarewolf. Yeah, watches Scarewolf. He just talks to the cat again. It's really Lancelot. Can you please get down? And he stares at him for about another 30 seconds. And this time the cat actually moves, yeah. right? So The cat notices the change in him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just sits down, covered in blood, and just watches TV. And credits. That's how it is. So, yeah. So you want to go on this one? Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Um, Like I said earlier, this is... I really expected this to be more action, mm-hmm. I guess. It was it was slow until the last twenty minutes when people started going crazy. I, I, I guess maybe my preconceived notion going into this that murder party with a guy on the front covered in blood and chainsaws. I thought this was going to be a you know eighty minutes of just straight murdering people, but it really wasn't. Maybe that kind of affected. But there might be something you have to get used to. I mean, I did give you a movie called The Item. Yeah, with the tagline of something's dying to get out. <laughs> so. Um, it was sort of funny. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be funnier. Um, but there was some great gore, awesome kill sequences, and the, I really, really liked that roving camera shot. Yeah. They used that several times. That was super cool. Um, this isn't a great movie, but it's not a terrible movie either. Um, I'm going to give it between a 5 and 6, so roughly 5.5. We'll give it that. I'll give it on the upper upper side of a 5. Keep doing those point systems. That's kind of... <laughs> gonna mess up the statistics eh. if we ever do statistics but yeah i'm gonna it's, it's middle of the road for me middle so, of the road yeah if it this would be a would great you recommend it i would on certain occasions i see like this is not a movie to watch on your honeymoon this is a movie to watch you know on a halloween night or you know if you're a kid and you're having a slumber party with friends you want to have a movie marathon this is this would be a movie like that so 
Or if you're just a fan of classic horror. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, on my end, uh, this is a classic example of a quality B movie. Um, they literally went into this with no budget. It's just yeah. a group of friends working together, and they produce something this, dare I say, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about it like that, yeah, it, it does make this... Which, if people knew that going into this, I think it'd be respected more. But this, yeah. There's a lot of uh, good music in it, and I love the soundtrack. If it was an actual soundtrack, I'd probably buy it somewhere. But there's references galore, and like you said, the gore is just freaking awesome. I mean, when it does happen. But there's a lot of good comedy, too. I thought the comedic timing in a lot of the scenes was just spot on. The thing that I liked was that, or I didn't like, excuse me... <laughs> They used dildo a lot. Yeah, they do. It's a running gag. And it's like, in a sense, I can see that's funny. You know, if you just want to keep a running gag going, like they did in Cannibal with Spadoinko. But they used that perfectly. I just think they overused dildo too much. Like, I think it would have been better if they used dildo to just rip on everybody constantly. Come up with something new. I would have liked that better. See, the reason I'm pretty sure they did that was because it seemed like they were making a jab at the whole art community as a whole. Okay. You know? And, I mean, even Cicero said dildo. Yeah. I mean, everybody in the art community was kind of fake and (laughs) trying to do something spectacular and, you know, just feeling like Alex's character. I mean, he was the most uncreative, un-fucking artistic person in the entire fucking movie. And he was the one that was revered by all of them. Yeah, because they (laughs) had money. So they're all after that money. And it just seemed like a big jab at... uh, Is it safe to say anybody who's named Alex in movies we watch is going to be I'm a douchebag. I'm starting to think that's, that's a trend. Who's going to die an awesome death. Yeah. Hopefully. But, yeah. but all around, I mean, that was on my cons too, was uh, dildos. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, the more you think about it, the more it's a yeah. connection. But okay. speaking of other connections, uh, there was one link between the two movies we watched today, which I loved, because uh, Lexi's character, who was dressed up as Daryl Hannah's replicant for Blade Runner, was a Philip K. Dick story, which was also paycheck. paycheck. Was a Philip K. Dick story. So. Keep in mind, we had no idea of this connection when we picked these movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what, what are you gonna rate it? Oh, I am. I mean, all in all, I love this movie. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. Okay. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> IMDb catches us right in the middle. Gives it a six, right? I believe. Close to the the middle. I mean, in the middle of our ratings, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a six. In between our ratings. But, yeah. Um, This is a really, really short movie, too. 80 minutes. 80 minutes. Definitely worth a watch. Yeah. And it did win some indie film awards, right? Um, At Slamdance and at uh, the After Dark Film Festival, it won uh, Audience Awards. And then at the Vale Film Festival, it won, what was it? Uh, Best Picture. Yeah, Best Picture. Yeah. 2007, which is pretty impressive. It's got some clout. Yeah. I mean, you'll probably never see a movie by these people again. Right. Maybe, but I doubt it. I have no idea, honey. And and these people, literally, their characters went by their real names, too. Yeah. (laughs) It's a group of friends. I mean, this is... They did pretty much what Evil Dead did, but with less money. Which, in my book, that's impressive. That's to be respected. Okay. So, yeah. so all in all, this was an okay movie for me, and Gavin thinks it's good too. So, <laughs> a little better. Yeah. A little better than good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that will do it for this episode. 
Um, contact info? Yeah, we'll give you some contact info here. We are uh, on Facebook. Just look us up, MFAB Podcast. Um, we are also on the Twitterverse. If you want to send us a tweet, we are at MFAB Podcast. And we also have an email account, mfabpodcast at gmail.com. So there seems to be a theme. <laughs> maybe that's why we call it MFAB Podcast. Maybe. Maybe. I think. Maybe. Possibly. But yeah, just shoot us, you know, any comments you like the show. Questions. Questions. Make fun of us. Yeah, care. make fun of us because we're, you know, a bunch of idiots. So, um, yeah, and future ideas for future episodes you'd like us to do, get at us. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add before we I sign think off? That's it. All right. I think well, we just I'm wrapped Aaron. it up. I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Next week, we watch Jesse Eisenberg create Facebook in the social network. And we see Jude Log in his second butthole played with in existence. Until next time, that's a wrap. Cut!